gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Welcome to Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Today I am with my lovely wife, Kate, and I thought that we would talk about a topic that we talk about often with our clients, which is puppies and their first year of health because puppies go through parasites. They go through getting things. They get excited and vomit and mm. all these different things that we get people will will talk to us about. And I figured why not talk about it in a podcast so we can kind of go through our knowledge on puppies as they grow. I think people are shocked at how gross puppies actually are. You know, you, you look at pictures of them on social media or, you know, on television commercials or whatever it is. You're like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. Look at those ears. Puppies do disgusting things. And I think a lot of people, especially if you've never owned a puppy before, you may have owned a dog, but maybe you got that dog when it was older or whatever. You do not realize this cute, fluffy, adorable little ball for does some absolutely vile, disgusting things. And so I think that's a real Uh eye-opener for people. Um, So puppy does disgusting things, such as uh, drinking out of nasty, stagnant water puddles, eating goose poo, eating all kinds of things, basically eating anything that you don't take away from them. And then the puppy gets sick. Um, So puppy gets parasites. Now you have the the issue with the parasites because now they have loose runny stool or worse yet, you know, mucousy stool or bloody stool or whatever the case is. So yeah, it just, they're, they're gross. People don't realize. The big key is don't get too excited. I had uh, a gentleman uh, the other day that I was talking to uh, in a Facebook uh, chat room and he wanted to know what he could do for his dog that was vomiting three to six times a day. And their vet had told him that the dog had uh, a certain problem. And I listened to it and I'm like, man, I don't, I, I, I've never heard of that. And there are a lot of vets that will profiteer off things. So I thought, hey, you know what? I'll try to help him out a little bit. And it's like the first thing you worry about with a puppy, if they have uh, diarrhea or they're vomiting is, are they holding down water? Because Number one thing you got to worry about is hydration. You don't want to have a dog that gets dehydrated. That is how, even when we're dealing with small puppies, that is how they get really sick and they get in trouble is if they're dehydrated. So his thing was, no, she's not getting dehydrated. She's just uh, eating different things. And then uh, she's vomiting up fluid and it was clear and it basically sounded like it was basically like slime. So talk to him about that. Talk to him about the dog's stool. The dog had a firm stool. And then I gave him some suggestions from there, which was to put the puppy on Panicure for five days and also to put the puppy on Phytovite, which is a thing that we do with all of our dogs from the time that they're little pups and just started on food all the way through when they're older dogs. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, and we aren't sponsored or anything by Phytobite. We just swear by it because it works. Um, we feed it from conception to death. We sprinkle it on the mother dog's food. We sprinkle it on the puppy's food. And then we sprinkle it on our adult dog's food. And it helps um, It helps strengthen their digestive tract. All those little fingers in the digestive tract. That They're called the cilia. The cilia, that's right. Yep grab onto all the little nutrients and things like that. It helps them with, you know, absorbing nutrients and maintaining them so that their body is actually using them. It's actually metabolizing them, not just flushing them through. So, And that helps them when they do get a parasite and they do get something wrong. Because again, if you went and drank out of a puddle, you would become violently ill. You would probably get something called giardia or you would get worms. Mm -hmm. That is what puppies do and dogs do. They build up immunities to it. I have often told clients, I'm like, as far as uh, Giardia worms and all that stuff, I guarantee I'm probably pretty much <laughs> bulletproof on it because I am every summer, you know, knee deep in puppy poo where they're getting these different things and you have your protocols for treatment of parasites. We have a pretty good protocol uh, where we're treating them that we've that, that I've learned the hard way over years so that they're going home free of these things, but it doesn't mean they're not going to get them. Because they have no immunity built up. Um, and even adult dogs are not immune. That doesn't mean to say that if your dog goes out and we have a goose problem here on occasion and it's awful and the goose will make a big old mess in the back and of course they go out there and it's candy land. Oh boy, we're going to eat the goose poo. That isn't to say that they won't get, you know, a runny stool for a day or two or maybe not feel so great, but they shake it off generally. Generally, you don't need to treat Because they have immunities. Because they have immunity, <laughs> yep. Um, well, you can see how they get it, though. <clears throat> I remember I've had people, it's funny, get people that aren't real, uh, they're not real experienced, and they'll say, our, our dogs don't have worms or, or parasites. And it's like, then what do you treat for? How does, this was my question to a vet, early on, how does a litter of puppies get worms when they're on concrete and it's being bleached in pine salt twice a day? And she kind of looked at me weird and said, from the mother. The way dogs get things is they'll have parasites introduced into their body. If they're treated with it, whether it's your, your heart guard pill that you're giving the dog that treats for, for all different worms and parasites, once the dog is treated and they're no longer showing or shedding the parasite, it still lives in their body. It'll live in their muscle fiber. It'll live in their GI tract. And then when the dog is under stress or duress, it will flare and it spreads it to the puppies. Well, what is stress or duress? Put 10 puppies on a mother and they're sucking the life out of her basically because she's producing enough milk for these puppies to grow and get bigger. That is what's causing the stress in her body, which then is allowing the parasite to flare and go into the puppies through the milk. And so that's how they get it is when they're real little pups. And then when they're older, they get it from the nasty things they eat and drink. So Correct. And that's how adult dogs, you'll see where people will say, oh, they must have ate something that was bad. Maybe it was they went on a trip and they got stressed out. You wouldn't even know that they're stressed, but the dog got stressed. Maybe it's that they ate something and introduced it. The reason that it doesn't last where it goes into full-blown uh, a full-blown issue is because they have those immunities and eventually their bodies will fight it off and it might only last in, in show for a day or two. Mm -hmm. The good news is even though with young puppies um, who don't have that immunity built up, the treatments are very simple. You know, if you notice, you know, that they're vomiting a lot or that they have the mucus looking kind of stool or bloody stool, if you take them to the vet, you can get simple medications and it will generally clear up pretty quick.
if you do get something like a Giardia, that is the one that is uh, is brutal. I mean, that is it is so hard to get rid of. And if you get it in your kennel, it is just something where you're dealing with it and managing it uh, for 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 a whole year. Uh, the nice part about being in Wisconsin is winter will kill things, but when especially if you're down south, these are the things you're going to have to deal with, and it could be where it's out in your in your soil, and the dog could step on something like. Uh, just a piece of dirt that has this protoplasm uh, and then they step in their water and now it grows. So with stuff like that, if you have something that is longstanding where it is, you're, you're dealing with it for several days, you need to get them to the vet because you have to get to where you're getting them treatment. Yeah, definitely get them to the vet. Like Jeff said earlier too, little pups go downhill faster than than big dogs they just don't have the reserves so they'll dehydrate faster and things like that so you definitely want to get them in get the medication started and Jared is a particular pain because humans can get that so if that is um, something that you find out that your pup or your dog gets make sure you're washing your hands and keeping an eye on yourself because that is communicable to people again yeah you're dealing with something that it's it is a I can't think of it any other way, but poop to mouth contact. So in other words, if you're not washing your hands and you are then eating a sandwich, guess what? That is poop that is going in your mouth and that is going to be how you're going to infect yourself. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. (laughs) If you get a dog that has that stuff in your house, it is not the end of the world. But if you have kids, you have to wash your hands. If you have surfaces where the dog has an accident... You have to thoroughly wash it with a solution. We use bleach and pine saw in our kennel. You have to have something that will kill it. Lysol and bleach is probably a good mixture. Puppies kennels, if you have them in a in a crate, which you should because I'm a huge proponent of that, wash it daily several times a day because if you don't keep it clean, again, it could be something that is on the floor where the puppy went to the bathroom, you cleaned it up, but you didn't use a solution. The dog steps on it, steps in their water, now they ingest it, you're reinfecting. You're going to constantly have this cycle until you get to the point where you're like, I'm done, I'm going to follow Jeff's instructions, and I am going to thoroughly clean surfaces every time. And thoroughly clean surfaces where the dog is like a crate twice a day. Having a, a protocol will help kick it down. You know, sticking to the medicine, the medicine that your vet gives you, having a, an appropriate cleaning solution, you know, preferably something bleach-based. Um, incidentally, bleach wipes generally don't have bleach in them. So what we do is we make our own solution. Um, we just have bottles and we do a solution of bleach with a little bit of pine salt with water, and that's what we use. It's affordable and it's effective. So, But yeah, have a protocol, stick to it, stick to the medication, um, and things will turn around. And give your medication all the way through. Don't just stop when the dog has no oh, more he symptoms. Looks better. Yeah, yeah. No. Your doctor will tell you don't do that with yourself. Obviously, you don't do that as well. But with your dog, you have to go through all the way because you have to make sure that whatever they have going on, whatever parasite it is, it is completely gone. Yeah, and you do yourself no favors because if you don't finish it up. Then, you know, the dog's getting sick again. Then you start playing mind games with yourself. Well, what if it's something more serious, you know? And it, like Jeff has said before, if you have a vet that's something of a, you know, profiteering type, oh, we can run a whole bunch of extra tests and blah, blah, blah. And here, it's just a simple parasite that you just need to stick with the full course of medication and stick with a good cleaning protocol and it will go away. So, but it's a matter of doing those two things. So our lesson is puppies are gross. Puppies are gross. They eat gross things. 
They drink gross water. Yep. And that gives them gross gross issues. (laughs) So just don't overreact. Make sure they're hydrated. And make sure that you are following through on their treatments. So that's it for today. We are going to have a great puppy tip. Or actually, that was our puppy tip. We're going to have a great training tip and hunting tip coming up after this. Six months since we started the podcast, and I want to thank everyone that has made us so successful. We've started a Facebook group, and it is called the Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast Group. Please invite five friends, just five, to that group, and we will grow our podcast as well as that page. The page is there, and that group is there, so that you can put up your questions and things you want to hear in the podcast, or questions about things you've heard in the past. So again, Invite a few friends for us. Let's grow this group. We're not doing this for the money. We're doing it for the love of the sport so we can get more people involved. Thanks so much for listening. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. For today's training tip, I wanted to talk about how to teach your dog a second language. That's the language of a whistle. Often you lose your voice going hoarse, yelling at your dogs. And the cool thing is, with a couple of easy steps, in three days on each of these uh, commands where you're teaching them uh, the whistle instead of giving them the voice command, you'll have your dog proficient in a second language. The first one we're going to worry about is sit. Now, we're going to talk about sit as a command where you're walking at heel and you tell the dog sit. dog's going to sit. If the dog doesn't sit right away, pull up slightly on the leash, give them a little tug, tell them to sit, their butt hits the ground, good dog, good dog. Now you're going to incorporate the whistle. You're going to tell the dog sit, pull up slightly on the, on the leash, tell the dog uh, again the command sit, and then beep with the whistle. You're going to work on this for about three days, giving this command 10 to 20 times during your walks, where it is again sit, beep, again one long whistle blast. Give the dog its release. Okay, here, let's go. Walk, sit, beep. Do this for three days. And then after three days, pull up slightly on that leash again and just hit the whistle. Beep. You're going to see the dog hit the ground and understand that second language. Now, the next thing you're going to do is work with the dog on a recall command, which would be on hear or come. Again, same concept, except for on this one, when you're calling your dog to you on a recall command, give a inviting target. So give them an inviting look, bend over slightly at the waist, use good voice inflection. So you're going to say here as you're bent over at the waist or even taking a knee so the dog's like, wow, they really want to see me. Next time here, beep, beep, beep with your whistle. Again, three days, 10 to 20 times a day using the command here, beep, beep, beep. I, you can even add another here after it. So it'd be here, beep, 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 here. Good dog, good dog. Love on them. And then after that, this is where the body language comes in. Give that same body language. Beep, beep, beep. The dog sees you in that body language. They understand that you are going to go and pet them and love on them. So they come right to you. You've now taught your dog a second language. This is going to help you so much in the field and save your voice. I hope that helps for this week's training tip. Next, we're going to tackle a wives' tale from the hunting world. And you're going to want to stick around for this. Join us next after this. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by 
Mech Outdoors. Thanks for sticking around to the last segment of our show. Now, in the dog world, there are so many wives' tales. I wanted to tackle one, and that is that a hunting dog only needs to be outside. Now, I've heard that you will spoil them where they won't want to hunt. I've heard that you will ruin their nose. That's the, the common one I hear. You're going to wreck their nose having them in a house because there's not smells outside. Don't believe this. You can have a dog that is a great pet as well as a wonderful hunting dog. It's about the dog's genetics, drive, and training that is going to make them succeed in the field. My dogs, I will say, are on my couch watching TV with me, and in bed, snuggling with me. And yes, actually, they're in bed all the time. Uh, They think that they're human, but when I take them out in the field, they flip that switch, the rockets turn on, and they are phenomenal hunting dogs. So don't feel like you have to have your dog out in a kennel outside of your house because that's what your Uncle Jerry said what makes a great hunting dog. Again, it is finding great genetics, It is working with your dog, and it is becoming a team member with them in the field. Hope that helps. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Hey, we also started a Sporting Dog Adventures podcast group on Facebook. Join it. There we will talk about the show, and you can even put up posts on things that you want to hear. Thank you so much again for listening, and God bless. Sporting Dog Adventures run, boy, run Everything you need is here under the sun Everything you need is here under the sun